Hi, friends. Welcome to... Fuck off. Sorry, that's the... Uh, that is the mastering program, just alerting me that it's mastered a different file and interrupted me recording this one. But I'm going to keep it in. Today's our first ever Q&A episode. I asked on my Instagram, at Chris Willex, for suggestions for questions you wanted us to answer on the podcast, and there was quite a lot. And we got through most of them. Johnny and Yusuf were fully fatigued by the end of it. However, if you are listening right through until the end, you will find out who some of the upcoming guests are that you can expect. And you'll also find out what my thoughts are on the direction for this channel in the future as well. It's very quickly becoming a consolidation of shit that I wish that I'd known 10 years ago. And the more that I use that as a uh, compass, as a guiding tool, I suppose, in terms of direction, the happier I am with the content that's coming out. Hopefully you feel the same. If you do or if you don't, let me know, at Chris Willex on all social media platforms or head to YouTube and search Modern Wisdom Podcast so that you can watch this episode and all of the others in beautiful 1080p quality with multi-camera setup as fantastically edited by Video Guy Dean. All right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money that you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce the costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you are improving efficiency by bringing all your business processes into one platform. Over 37 thousand companies have already made the move so do the maths and see how you will profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash modern right now. That's netsuite.com slash modern But for now it's time to answer some questions Oh and PS if you notice in the background of the audio a kind of low-level hum, sort of whistling noise. That is because my house was the hottest place on earth and I'd had to bring a small desk fan in to cool us all down or else Johnny at 120 kilos would have melted in front of us. So, hello again. Hi. Hello there. Hi. I'm joined again by Johnny and Yusuf from PropinFitness.com. Yusuf and Johnny. Yusuf and Johnny, indeed. And we are today doing our first ever Q&A episode. This wouldn't be possible without the valuable contributions from you guys. So Our listeners at home. The, uh... Our listeners at home. So, yeah, I, I posted and so did you guys on our respective Instagrams asking for people to submit questions, and we got... Really sensible questions. Um, some unsensible ones, but interesting ones. They were yeah. all interesting. 
And we've got... I was being slightly facetious, but... 60. Are there any mentions of uh, Johnny's legs? There aren't, actually. No. Which is very refreshing. I wanted to ask myself a question, why are Johnny's legs so long? But I couldn't. To ask yourself that. Yeah. I see. It's very introspective. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, we're going to do Q&A today. There's a couple that have been asked... Q&A. A couple of questions that people have requested remain anonymous. Other than that, I think we can just... Oh, can I know who, who's anonymous? It's fine for that, but just Good. don't say it. Read out the usernames. Use if you think if, again. If we can mispronounce the usernames as well. Don't mispronounce the usernames. <laughs> so, Q&A. Uh, just, just in an Arab accent for every username, please. Is it the same person? It is. Really? Well, the yeah, same person who's got the, the got the single unique username, which only exists for one person on well, Instagram. Yeah, but I don't know what his Instagram handle is. I just know what his name is. It's moving first, on. First name dot last name. Moving on. <laughs> Our first question is going to be... Swiftly. Swiftly on. Do you mind if I dip and dab or... Huh? Okay. Um, can I straighten your hair? No. Have you... you yeah, you have straightened it. Can I straighten your hair? You can. It, I don't think it'll be as dramatic as... No. Chris. What does your hair look like straightened? Well, I mean, when I used straight... To when I used but, to have an afro, I looked like a girl with a beard. I don't think that's true. I looked a lot like a girl with a beard. The picture of you mid-haircut, but it slicks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This that's what looks like straight. Uh, video Mandine, if I can find it, we will put it somewhere. I think put it on top of Chris's face for the rest of the episode. Just there. <laughs> if you are listening, you're missing out because we've got three camera angles here. So I know most of you will be on iTunes or Spotify or whatever else. But Modern Wisdom YouTube channel, you can see us in our slightly overheated glory. Yeah, if you're listening, there's probably just a a very a very low level hum, mm. which is a fan because otherwise we would actually die of heat. We would melt. Be able to see the glisten. Of we would melt in front of your eyes. <coughs> Johnny is 120 kilos. So <laughs> 130. Right. Okay. Do you track macros? That's for all of us, obviously. No, not anymore. I do. We discussed this on a live stream the other day that we we don't well, no, because do. we graduated from needing to like years of tracking means that you build enough momentum to not need to anymore. I also don't track. You can do it by feel. Eventually. It's not fun for me to do them randomly. I'm mean, going in order from top. Fine. I do, I do track. Why don't you do track? So I've, I've explained. Um, it's just too much effort for me. However, I'm about to start with uh, Tim from We Dominate Nutrition. Okay. And I'm also going to be on Warrior Programming as of the next couple of weeks. And as a part of that, I will be... Tracking mackerels. I will be uh, accountable. And if I don't, I will get shouted at of uh, a guy who looks like Hitler's wet dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think if you aren't naturally absolutely like you two are, mm. realistically, you should try macros. If you want to change, if you want to get lean, yeah. Oh, well, oh yeah. So, so I think like, there's an argument to do it, regardless. To be honest. Well, ne- next time I diet, I am absolutely tracking macros. If do you I, think that'll ever happen? Maybe not. Like, but mm. uh, yeah. Or, or if if I start doing a a ninety day push of focusing much more on physique, then yeah. Like once things start to stall out, the I think we take the approach of if something is working, don't fix it, and then mm. only add in the levels of accuracy. That are necessary the, to the problem keep for me. The problem for me with tracking macros is I'm not naturally tremendously good. I've had to use the six minute diary is the only way I've ever been able to journal with a three minute commitment in the morning and a three minute commitment at night. Naturally, I'm not a 
uh, facts and figures driven person. Mm-hmm. And the same way as if you are an unpassionate person in a job against someone who is passionate, mm-hmm. it takes so much Probably. more motivation to compete. For me to be able to do what <laughs> other people do seamlessly. Some people track their water intake, track mm. you know everything. I struggle with that. For some reason. Water intake. Yeah. But you'd find with food. Well, what's the benefit to tracking your water intake? Like, I don't know. much easier to just get a two-litre bottle on your desk and fill out. Well, just learn, learn the, if you learn the principles and embed the habits, after mm-hmm. a while, you don't even need to do them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, moving on. I had really interesting Keep your urine clear. Can't remember what it was. We'll come back to it. Related to tracking, <clears throat> nutrition, being attacked. Really what well. do your daily routines look like at the moment? Who's that from? Not put, you're not doing the people who it's from. You said don't read people out. I said anonymous. there's only a couple of people who ask us to be anonymous. <laughs> How am I supposed to know who those because are? Because they say. Everyone Roger. else, Arab accent. Roger that. Jordan Ayres. Jordan, by the way, is uh, sending me reading lists on almost a weekly basis over email, and they're all fantastic. So same. Thanks, thanks a lot. But Jordan is. He's done the same thing, Jordan. Appreciate it. Man, he's awesome. So um, I've not seen any of these. Well, we'll, we'll link you in. <laughs> How are you being sent them? <laughs> Through propane inbox. It's because you're not checking because, social media enough. Yeah. Instagram. I respond to people on private oh, There we go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's. You so, respond to people so I um, don't have to. What do our daily routines look like at the moment? Bloody hell. Um, okay, I'll be as... Uh, Concise. I'll take, the t- I'll take the headlines as, as much as I can. So, wake up. Outside, so I'm doing uh, sunlight exposure now, even if it's raining. You'll so be like Marcus. A, you've read it all, Marcus, haven't you? No. This is from Dr. Greg Potter who may or may not have been released on the Modern Wisdom YouTube channel oh, and iTunes. Um, Either in the past or the future. Well, yeah, you've, again, we've broken the fourth wall of the scheduling of podcasts. You pushed it, I tipped it over. <laughs> yeah, fine, okay. So, um, light exposure as soon as I get up. Coffee, porridge, water, sit down, meditate, journal. Uh, sorry, journal, read, meditate, none of the while looking at my phone. Then get up, prep my food if I need to prep. If not, I've got a food prepping company that's doing it for me. Thank you very much, Spoonhead Nutrition. Head to the gym, train, head to the office, work, come home. And then either my evening routine needs optimizing it to where I'm worst at the moment. And it tends to be Netflix at the moment, chill out. I'm dialing back my double screening of phone and TV. And if not, I'll be at work or I'll be doing something social or potentially training twice if I've got it in me. How about you guys, Yusuf? Up, train, come home, cold shower, meditate, get ready for hospital, go in, come back. Get battered by the admit, NHS. Admit yourself, yeah, admit NHS. yourself to a Admit myself to a <laughs> Get ready shower. for hospital. I still, I still feel whatever you say, I've got to go to hospital. My initial reaction is oh, like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> I'll never get I'm used off, to it. I'm off to graft. Yeah, yeah. I should clarify. Like, you put a shirt on, put a name tag on, go to hospital, totally fine. <laughs> Stand around at the hospital for a while, come home, work on various projects. Mm-hmm. And recently, it's the bedtime routine that's been the big thing for me. Focal so, point. Yeah, so just trying to minimise screen time post 9pm is the biggest yeah. bad habit that I have. Which yeah. it, And it's not even fun procrastination stuff. It's like shitty admin that's just low level stress and keeps the mind momentum going before you go to sleep so eliminating that red light um, magnesium spray or ZMA where are you using magnesium spray lower back lower back and bum and bum (laughs) in and around my bum 
Hole. Anus or bum? <laughs> For some reason I thought hole, like the whole bum. <laughs> Not the bum hole. Um, yeah. The bum as a hole. Okay. I mean, that, that routine has collapsed this week because yeah, we've, um, we've had a big push. Yeah, me too. But it's weird, isn't it? Like your evening routine is so much fucking harder than Well, we were saying so that the, the times that routine collapses and the self-care routines are the first things to go, even though they should or be when the things they're most that, needed. Exactly. Mm. It's when you're the most stressed that you meditate the least, like, oh, which is exactly when meditate. you fucking need it. Yeah, And then you right. just fall Johnny, through the day. Tell, tell us. Um... Because you're the one that's going to be trialing something from Aubrey Marcus. Are you having, <laughs> no, no. A, bo- are you having a bone broth? I, to be honest, I the book annoyed me mm-hmm. quite a lot. See the day by Aubrey Marcus. I think it leads you in thinking there's some decent suggestions here. Like um, the the hydration thing in the morning is interesting. Mm. The light exposure is interesting, and then it just before he knows it, you, you'd be, you're throwing up in a bucket after letting another man have sex with your wife. <laughs> and like the he argues the way that he's running a massive private company in America is because he. Use a certain type of incense in his office, and I'm sorry, I just don't buy stuff like that. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so my routine is uh, so probably so very similar. I do Romwad in the morning. Yep. I meditate in the morning. Uh, I try and read or listen to something in the morning. Normally, listen on Audible. Mm. Um, I do something called The Work by Byron Katie, which is has been massively helpful. Um, I keep trying to lend Chris the book, but he just doesn't want it. Um, I journal in an Evernote file that's got like, over 200 entries in that now. Just some interesting reading. Nice. What else do I do? That's it. That's it. I've tried. I've, train. I, train. So, uh, actually, recently I've been, tra- been trying training later in the day. Okay. Um, After only just beginning to try to try training earlier. So, I did, I did training in the morning for six months, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is good, but the trouble was just the amount of my... You get to this point, and I know it's you start work later and finish work later. Mm-hmm. I have this natural kind of disruption to my day from a work perspective because my girlfriend gets home at a certain time, and like to continue working feels wrong. Yeah, fair so enough. I've got this like window where I've got to get Probably. my work done. Um, and the later I start, what? the more. So, what you're saying is that if your girlfriend gets home and you're working, that's a problem. But if your girlfriend gets home and you're not at home because you're at the gym, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what I've been trying to do recently. Uh, we had a business coach probably a year ago. And when I was talking to him about this, I was like, I always struggle to like arrange these pieces in my day so that it's just kind of, I run into the fewest problems. And he was just like, just stop work at 3 p.m. Yeah. And, and I told you about this. Parkinson's law just means that you just work so to a I've, deadline. I've done it two days this week. I find it really, really difficult to do. He's like, start, do all those habits, start work, finish at 3 p.m. And lo and behold, on those days, got more work done. Yeah. And then go to the gym. But... You go to the gym at that time and there's just loads of people. At the More gym. traffic, busy gym. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still searching for optimal, the best time to train. But the traffic's the problem. Whereas like I'm cycling <coughs> 200 meters listening to audiobooks on five times speed. As you <laughs> to be honest, ah, the, the traffic in the, in the gym, like the people in the gym is more the problem. Like getting a barbell, getting space to squat a deadlift. And you're training in a gym which is much more well... It's massive. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. Much better facilitated. Um, I reckon, yeah. I reckon doing it in order is going to miss out some of the real good ones because we're not going to have time to go through everything. All right. Do you want me to just use my We'll judgment? go in order, but then just skip the shit ones. Yeah. And then we can always come back and... Uh... Okay. What's the largest animal you could single-handedly cling film to a lamppost? Who was that? Sorry. Rob Ransom. Recognise that name. Horse. Because... No. Fuck off. A horse. But because... 
horses, horses' brains are like this big. Like they're not going to. I think if you can catch it in a. I think what you're talking, mood. what we're talking about here, is how docile is the animal. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, not, so I'm imagining it's off the ground. Oh, see, so like well, yeah, because so otherwise, otherwise you just push anything up against a tree. And right. Okay. So do that. Around. Do that to a leopard. Oh god. A leopard. Yeah. It's not even that large. A leopard. Right. Yeah. So try and do that to a leopard. Oh, so you're mean. dead. Yeah. I see. Try and do that to an elephant and it's going to break through the cling film unless you can use like an industrial sized roll. Elephants, uh, yeah. Got it. Like I met one a few weeks ago and it like realised how... How was it? They're, they're, so, they're really nice but they're just like if one... They're quite clumsy and if big one old head on the foot. Like, oh, big old head. Two dimensional foot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, single-handedly cling film to a lamppost. Like, okay, if it can, if it can be on the ground... Panda. Panda. Okay. Panda. Have you ever seen someone just try and make a panda not roll down a hill? <laughs> They're so naughty. They would not stay still at all. I think yeah. I could lure a panda into a position that would allow me to cling film. Some bamboo. Because what, you, what you'd have to do, stand with the... So you peel a bit off the cling film, grab it, throw the other bit over, like try and throw it round, and then run round, catch it. Yeah. Okay. And it's then... going gonna to get spooked with that, I think. Yeah, and you move far well. too like, quickly. Even though pandas are a nice bear. Mm-hmm. What's They're really big? Panda, well, panda, I mean, panda. okay, how about this? Panda. Blue whale. Blue whale. Yeah, fine. Where's it going? I think it's more if it starts to thrash. Like, if a blue whale thrashes, especially, there's a thing about, like, the when it flicks its tail, if you're anywhere near, like, the, the vibration can kill you. <laughs> under the water? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you're not under the water. I mean, <laughs> I if it does, yeah, if, if it's flopping around in, like, a park <laughs> next to a tree, and there's you with your roll of cold clings on. Is it not a lamp? It yeah. is a lamppost. So what's okay. it doing next to this tree? <laughs> Why am I in a park? <laughs> You're on a street with a blue whale, which, for reference, going to be a big, big street. Yeah, big street running for kilometres with a really big roll. <laughs> kilometres. Yeah, really big roll. Kilometres. All right. Well, I mean, to wrap it, it's going to be miles and inch, running inches and and, and yeah. stones <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> okay, so I think I think that penguin definitely do a penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, they've got they're gonna have their um, extensors, their uh, quads, and mm. they're just not gonna be able to like how much power and have they got in the feet? Yeah, the feet. I think you could, you could, you could mm. one hand against it, yeah, and one then. hand and just wrap it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah, I like a penguin. I think, I think you go a bit bigger than a penguin, maybe. I but. think funniest animal that you could do to that would be something like a flamingo. Because it would just be, it would just be its single head poking up and over, yeah. Yeah. Sloth. Because it moves slow. Sloth would love it. It's got very, very sharp. They're weird, aren't they? Sloths are weird. Um, You can talk to dogs for 60 seconds. What do you say? That's not what it said. Who's it from as well? Andy Stoko. Andy Stoko. You can talk to doggos for 60 seconds. What do you say? Is that because you write doggo on everything? He does. And we got yeah. it from each other. Got it. We got um, it from each other. Yeah. Uh, Matter. Andy, I would ask, why do you sniff other dogs' bums? Really? And lick other dogs' You've bums. You've got 60 seconds. Okay, so that's you... the first thing that I can ask. I have what, 60 seconds. I don't it, have one question. What if it goes, well, Chris, it's quite complex, so, and then... Mm. I'll go, can we please... You see, the pheromonal evolutionary selection <laughs> of our species is involved with the, uh, the smell and the crotch it of de- the other dogs. It depends so, on it depends on who, which sort of a dog we're speaking to. I would ask mm-hmm. it, are you aware of the concept of I? 
Mm. Okay. What, you, what yeah. would you What would you ask? I'd speak to the dog with psychomotor retardation that we we had a day with, and yeah. just say like, "It's okay, man. Like, life is worth living." Yeah. Don't be we, sad. We we uh, we mum. All right. <laughs> we went to we went to look after a, a greyhound that was clinically depressed and had psychomotor retardation, um, and we thought we were doing something really nice for it. <coughs> and it turned out that it just didn't want to live. Really, did it? We threw a ball towards it, and it flinched. And um, yeah, I'd like I quite like to ask that dog what what was wrong with it. What was going on? Yeah, I'd like to ask Andy's dog why it decided to eat half a kilo of raw cacao. Which is wow. the active ingredient in chocolate that kills dogs and would have been the equivalent of eating 15 kilos of chocolate. And then it had to be taken to the vets was to make it? itself sick. But it was yeah. okay. Yeah, it's fine. Wow. I mean, to have such a big poison dose. Yeah. So, there's a few that are directed at Yusuf. So, what's it like being J. J. Leader? J. I. Leader? Has asked Yusuf, what is, what's it like being the most handsome man in the Northeast? It's, it's tough. Um, I think. Sometimes I'm having to just beat people off with a stick. Um, well, then what do you mean by beat people it's, off? It's actually not directed. Beat people off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that's very, very kind of you. But unfortunately, the uh, question wasn't just directed at me. I Chris, think... what was it like? What's it like? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Best answer you could have given. Yeah. Top tips for. So Birch3107 has asked top tips to get massive falling caps doing CrossFit. Good question. Um, it's not Becca Birch, is it? No. <laughs> not with a photo of a man holding a log? Um, I would say tips tips for getting massive doing CrossFit. Just eat as you, eat as you feel that you need to because the output that you're going to be doing is so much greater than you're used to. Let's say that in a typical session, like a typical bodybuilding or fitness session, your total reps will be maybe a hundred, something like that. hundred mm-hmm. or one twenty. Okay. Like across all movements, across all reps. Three sets of 10 to four movements. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Whereas in a lot of CrossFit chippers, which is where you've got multiple movements, you're going to be talking like upwards of 300 or 400. So yeah, it's going to be a lower... Your output's going to be high, basically, and you're going to be potentially training higher intensities more frequently, once or twice a day. So just eat as much as you can. If you want to get massive, and if you want to use it to put on mass, I would eat as much saurine as is possible. <laughs> I would put... Saurine malt loaf. Maltodextrin in your post-workout shake. And I would have, um, I'd have a spoonful of honey with every meal. No, I wouldn't do that last one. That's a lie. Can you read the very bottom screenshot, please? Very bottom one. By DJ Slacky80. No. Very bottom. The one about Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I was in close proximity so I could match him up on Tinder. And that eyes, was a screenshot. Eyes, 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 eyes. That was a screenshot of you, Johnny. Twas. Twas indeed. Wish I was in close enough proximity so that I can match up on <laughs> Tinder. Now, what was... Oh, we do, I didn't put the name in. And what you can do, for whoever it was that asked that question, shall remain anonymous, buy Tinder Gold, mm. and you can actually change your location. Find out where Johnny lives. What's the purpose? Is that if you're going somewhere, like Iceland, for example, that you mm. can pre-shreff? Drop yourself in advance. If you go to Iceland and you're in 
Ornithology. That's it. There it is. He's expert of birds. There it is. Right. What's next? Uh, some cracking ones here. Where do you see yourself in five years, Johnny? Um, Got to go for ideal scenario. Okay. Uh, propane's massive. I'm massive. And loads of stuff in my life's massive. Penis? Well, that's fine as it is. <laughs> okay. I think if, it, if that scaled at the same rate, it'd be problematic. <laughs> scaled at the same rate as well, everything else. Because then you'll have a relatively small penis if everything else yeah, is exactly. massive. Got it. You're going to be like a gorilla. So I'd, I'd like to improve multiple skills physically. Um, more on that in a later episode, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, propane, great. Enjoy doing it. Want it to continue, grow, help more people. Um, personally, I'd like to have explored meditation and self self development a lot more. I want to do at least one meditation retreat. See what that's like. Um, what else? So I can think. Of. That's cool, man. Yusuf, I'd like to be in a pair of long trousers. Brogues. Down, yeah, down to my ankles plus brogues. Um, <laughs> the like. My answer is probably very similar to yours, Johnny. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna bore everyone. More bro pain. More, more bro pain. More brogues, and yeah. long trousers. I hope one day to be able to buy a pair of trousers that long trousers. cover my whole legs. Yeah, it'd be nice. You're gonna be a doctor, a doctor bro pain. You are you? gonna be a doctor. doctor I mean, you, at the very least, you want to be a doctor because you're almost a doctor now. Yeah, it's it's funny because now being eighty percent doctor, but materially doesn't. Like makes exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. and then it's only when you're 100 percent doctor that there's a binary what about shift. Spiritually, I think more retreats as well. Spending three months of total time under retreat would be lovely. Under retreat. Under retreat. Sounds so intense, doesn't it? Five years is is not that long though, is it? To get to accumulate. Months. Oh man, it ups. You got to do what? Be looking at what's the frequency of that? It's about 15 Lots. days a year, isn't it? So, oh no, so it's more than one a year. Maybe 20. Maybe um, 20. So for me, um, at the moment, I'd quite like Voodoo to continue doing what it's doing. I think that there is a bit of a glass ceiling with regards to club nights and stuff like that. And I think that we're, we're kind of close to saturation. Newcastle City Council aren't granting any new licenses to license premises in Newcastle. So oh, because of them... They fully are, stopped. They haven't done for as long as I can remember. So like literally five years. Are they trying to curb... Binge drinking. They just don't want. They don't want any new, any more nightlife. They're okay with the volume of nightlife they don't anymore. So we're restricted in Newcastle with regards to work. Um, I would like to have competed in my and ideally won, but at least competed in my first CrossFit competition. That's a goal of mine over the next couple of years. I would. uh, That's separate to the Open. Yeah, like so, competing, competing in a CrossFit comp like Glacier Games or Rainhill Trials. So the same as you go to an actual meet. Got it. And then. I would quite like Modern Wisdom YouTube channel to hit 100k subscribers. I think within five years, that's easily doable. Like within two years, it should be doable. Um, and continue continue helping people with the podcast because it's incredibly fulfilling to me and it's very uh, it's new ground for me. So every day that I get to do it, it's a bit of an adventure. So all, all of us, it involves serving more people and growing more as mm-hmm. people. Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh, where is your favourite place to be? Sophie Larkin. Sophia Larkin has asked that. Where is my favourite place to be? To be. 
probably embarrassing me in the gym. Okay. It has, has to be home. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be at home. Otherwise, what are you doing? If you're in a place that you, you don't like and there's, an other, there's a separate place that you like being. I'm assuming like you mean city or places. I think, well, I think it's... So for me, when I read that question, I immediately think of... Um, Who's that? You put your phone back on. You put your phone off. It's going to go. Where are you going? It was about to fall off. No, it's not. It it, it moved. <laughs> has that stopped it recording as well? It has. Was that, that moment saying you, you've used too much screen time or something? No, no. Is it, cool? it was my mother. Uh, Sorry, Johnny's mother. Anyway, um, what's next? Just read one. How would your life be different if you weren't on Love Island, Chris? I get asked this question quite a lot, actually. I think this is duplicated a number of times. Who was it? Vison Asiri. Nice. Mm. Well pronounced as well. Um, interesting question. Again, it'll probably be quite unsatisfactory compared with what you think I'm going to answer. So it would be that I would be in a... Uh, my exposure would have been increased or something like that. Like, you know, it's propelled me towards stardom and stuff like that whereas quite to the contrary it as we learned on the love island podcast it was the beginning of a a little bit of a journey towards virtue because there was a difference between what i realized i was pretending to be and publicly was being and what i was with regards to my own integrity and stuff like that so <clears throat> yeah i um i think i would have still arrived at this point of doing more introspective work and challenging my own assumptions and kind of turning over the rocks of your life for want of a better term and looking at what's underneath, whether it's sort of good or bad. But I don't think that it would have happened as quickly. So for that, I literally can't be any more grateful for the Love Island experience because it was a kick up the arse that I needed, I think. So you were on that trajectory, but it just catalyzed yeah, the process. It's a real line in the sand for you, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. Thoughts on drug use? So I'm trying to I'm trying to pick um, from different people, but we'll do that one. Uh, I don't mind from the same person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on drug use and lifting at a strong level compared to the average gym goer from the same person. Depends what you define as strong, because some people are like, oh, to the average gym I've, goer. I've benched 100 kilos. Time to get on the gear, and some would consider. I think they're to be separate questions. Thoughts Just to maybe allow you to get into each concept a bit more. At a strong level. So what are your thoughts compared to the average gym goer? What are your thoughts on drug use? Steroid use, what are your thoughts? If it's if it's in a if it's sanctioned in a sport, then mm. you can I think as long as you are way. not competing in something that is that has a rule that says you shouldn't take drugs and you're saying I'm not like, taking drugs. Yeah, my my, my my view is don't cheat in sports rather than yeah. do or don't take yeah, drugs. That's a much better way of putting it. Yeah, I would agree as well. Um, people can do people can put into their own bodies whatever they want. But yeah. you, you're gonna have to bear the consequence of that and the more niche drugs you put into your body, the fewer endocrinologists are gonna be able to work out what the fuck's to, going yeah. on with you. Yeah. I le- like learn about what you're going to do before you do it. Do it Or find someone who knows. Yeah. Because so, it's a different language. It's yeah, a so just, different world. Just go on some forum, find some oh. pro scientist who you have no idea who he is, and just take their advice. It's, as one, of, it's one of those <laughs> things. Like you can get you can get advice about stuff that has less dire consequences of people, and you can go on like just 
colloquial, local, inexpert advice. But really, biology is one of those things you can't cheat too much. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fucking about with your hormonal system. Absolutely. So absolutely. Err uh, on the side. Err uh, on the side of safety. And, and like, really think about what you're going, what you're doing before you do it. I think far too many people, people who've asked us for mm-hmm. advice and questions on this, have said like, "Oh, I just started." Blah blah blah. It's like this decision has yeah. permanent consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that really, like, you're not you're not just sort of making a decision that might affect the next couple of months. Like, it might affect the rest of your life. So give it the the respect it's due. Yeah. Um, lifting at a strong level compared to the average gym girl, you're right. They probably were linked, weren't they? I'm really. <laughs> I don't think. I think it's fine. We've sense. got we've done that one on to the next question. Um, What is the one book, article, podcast you do? You what's the one one book, article, podcast you find yourself returning to the most by George McGill? It's for me. It's Modern Wisdom with Chris Williamson. Thank like you very I, much. I've been returning to this house to, to record <laughs> more of these fucking podcasts over and over again, and then he brought this fan out and he keeps feeding me caffeinated drinks. Mine is. A, it's a Tim Ferriss article and podcast called um, Productivity Advice for the Manic, Depressive and Crazy Like Me. And it's like 10 minutes long. And it's basically just something that we talk about all the time, which is like, we, everyone focuses on, everyone thinks that the people that they follow online are these pictures of efficiency, productivity and everything in their life is great. That's very rarely the case. Paragon of virtue. Paragon. <laughs> but the people who are getting loads of stuff done in their life typically are fantastic at prioritizing, and just focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah. And so his advice is like, pick one thing to do every day and just do that for two or three hours. As Dr. As Dr. Ewan Lawson said on uh, Your Desk is Killing You, the podcast I did recently, multitasking is for Muppets. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you're being more productive. Yeah. Like the, the sensation of time passing accelerates when you're switching between tabs and doing things and you're like, oh I'm blasting through this but actually total output is terrible if you're mm. doing A, B, C, D as opposed to just A, 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 A exactly finish, what and then B exactly what Peter C. Brown <clears throat> says in Make It Stick on a recent podcast which may or may not have been published before <laughs> this one as well in the past or the future yeah focus what about you? I, I also like where this question's come from that it's what's the one thing that you find yourself returning to the most because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to read an article like the, the Manic Depressive Tim Ferriss article and be like, oh my God, that's such good advice. Great. And then two weeks later... You've forgotten it. You've forgotten it. And like, but actually, the, and then you keep searching for new information and new stuff, but you're like, well, I found the answer. The, the solution is not in more information. It's in implementing the good advice already. And mm. so like, if you use Evernote, and we'll discuss this in the life hacks, like, save something down, put it into your shortcuts, set daily reminders for it or weekly reminders and just Go keep it to. on the top of so your So what's mind. yours? Um, I've got the, there's a few that I've condensed into an, so I've made it into a kind of bespoke thing that's kind of an amalgam <clears> from <throat> a bunch of but Tim Ferriss is fantastic like uh, James Clear pretty good I, I can share my list of there's not one article or something that you've read where you're like that or a video that you keep specific going thing had a big impact on me a- or anything that I find like that I I put it into you, you, the propane you like to podcast. condense and distill down right yeah so um, like, so like at, at propane we are yeah we're condensers and distillers of information and so like there are we 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 do that and so I suppose if you were to follow our podcast it's very similar to Chris's and like 
it's the condensation of all of those. So for me, um, unsurprisingly, Jordan Peterson probably had the single, in terms of a thinker, the single biggest impact on me. Um, the concept of taking responsibility and trying to shift the world as much towards good by being virtuous and, and acting the logos as you can. And if it was a single video, it's one that we mentioned in the Relationships 101 mm-hmm. podcast, which was Why We're Fated to Be Lonely by Alain de Botton on the School of Life. And I'll make sure that it's in the show notes below or just search it on YouTube. Six minutes and it completely it completely flipped my worldview on how to how to judge the quote, it is both a blessing and a curse to um, feel everything so very deeply. It just turned it into a blessing for me. Um, and the curse the curse was a byproduct the same way that a light bulb gives off light, light but it also gives off heat. So, yeah. 10 tips for financial success by Anton Creel. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I, categorically, <coughs> that, that, it was on YouTube. I remember the day it was released, I was driving to my job and I listened to it got out of the car and was like, I'm quitting my job. You it. sound a lot like uh, a guy Anton, called Anton Creel. It's, it's, it's me that got accused of it. Whoever commented on that, we're well aware of Anton Creel. That big, big fans. Alan Watts, is it? Who said, so, what, Chris sounds like Alan No, 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 no. The, the philosopher. Alan. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what he is? Yeah. There's a, there's a bit where he's talking about um, how to decide what you want to do. And it's like, what would you do if money was no object? And he's working through that example. That's also fantastic. Right, what's next? What do you think is the best thing you can add to the world or people around you by SparkFit? Bloody hell, Yusuf. Bloody hell. What's the best thing that you can add to the world? What can you, what can you give like, to what the are world? You, what are you contributing to the world? Are they asking general or what do you me mean? personally? Uh, you. Like, so us personally, it's everything we put across on propane, like helping people grow mentally, physically, spiritually, like... Being, being able to do that with the minimum effective dose um, in general it just depends on what you're what you're calling what the value that you can add to other I people I think they're is. talking about you yeah there, there you go. go I think just try to leave as many people as possible in a better place like try and have a positive effect on the world so that's, I mean, that's really said, what we're trying to do yeah well there's someone who took that and he that was the advice that he got from his late granddad and he said like just anything you touch, leave it in a better state than when mm. you found it. So whether it's a bathroom or a person, just mm. always add value. And I think we just talked about relationships. Like I think in long-term relationships, if you can do whatever you can to upgrade the person that you're with, and then you leave them with a legacy that's like after you've gone, they've, and you know, you say have friends that want the best for you. Yeah. I think um, for me at the moment, my what feels like a little bit of a calling is helping people to understand themselves because our own minds are, can be pretty vicious beasts sometimes. And I think that this channel is quite swiftly becoming a portal for advice and things that I wish that I'd known 10 years ago. And by being able to give that to people, remembering that my job is dealing with people who are exactly 10 years younger than me pretty much. So I'm practiced in it and now I have the beginning of a platform to actually be able to, you know, there's an endless 7 billion people that could potentially tap into this kind of advice. And um, yeah, expediting people from avoiding, uh, expediting people's capacity 
to avoid pitfalls and achieve goals. How was Love Island? Asks uh, Pizza for Glue. Watch the fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think all of the Love Island questions, the best Same question is just Same go, watch, go, watch up, go watch that podcast. Newcastle yep. or Sunderland? Uh, my dad's a Mackham and I'm from Middlesbrough, so... So Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah, there you go. Um, there's one about... Uh, so MV Hunter has asked for advice on getting a gym and food routine after moving overseas. You recorded a good podcast with Chris about that, right? Yeah, so, well, that, that yeah, that was That's about to get lean. getting oh, lean okay. for summer. Um, getting back into a routine, I think don't think of your previous PBs as the things to shoot for, like reset the standards and just start from the beginning again. I think, I think focusing on basics. So get up at the same time every day, mm-hmm. learn what your macros target should be-ish, learn what the meals are that you need to cook for those and then deal with that. Get yourself to the gym, get a good training split, whatever the methodology is, whether it be CrossFit, whether it be strength training, whether it be bodybuilding, whether it be yoga or Zumba or whatever it is, Make sure that it's consistent. Aim to do it at least sort of three to five times a week. And enjoy. Like if you enjoy your training methodology, everything else will fall into place because you'll need to eat to support it. You'll need to sleep to support it. You'll want to perform as best as you can within that methodology. And you'll want to train more. You'll Like I train two times a day sometimes. And I don't, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a labor to me. It feels mm-hmm. like a love. Something you want to do. Yeah. I think the currency with success in this respect is the momentum you create by being consistent. Yeah. And so if you've been doing something as Chris just described for six months, you're in such a deep crevice that you create. Grease the groove, right? Falling out of that's actually quite difficult to do. It's harder to have a, a week where you completely mess up your nutrition. Pain of stopping. It's great. Uh, exactly. Pain of the, the problem, what you're missing is that. So just fight to get that momentum back. And learn to get learn the route to the gym. Yeah. Learn the where the pots and pans are, like all of the little minutia contributes to making your day an awful lot easier. And another thing that we com- we, we talk about a lot is stacking the deck in your favour. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that you want to do, if you want to go to the gym, make sure that your gym kit's folded and in your bag before you go to bed at night. And then the next morning you just pick the bag up and it's ready to go. Like prep your food. If you don't defrost the chicken the night before, you can't cook it in the morning, which means that you break your diet the next day. So we've got another podcast on that. Yeah. So make the easy decision, make the good decisions easy and the bad decisions hard. And then if you're, if you're, di- if you're dieting and you don't want to eat cookies, don't buy cookies, don't have them in the house. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Who would, well, real Hazel James asks, who would you most like to interview? Oh, wow. So Hazel, thank you very much. She is a fantastic romance author from America oh. and her husband is currently battling with PTSD and alcoholism, but is one year sober as of a couple of weeks ago. So, Hazel, congratulations. Lots of love to you and your husband. Um, What do you think? Who do you want to sit down with? One person. So my initial... No, it can be one person. All right. Okay. I'm going to say a relative. So either... Either my dad's dad, okay, or just someone in my past, like a great, great, great grandparent. Why? Oh, if it's dead or alive, great. That yeah, yeah. Up a whole oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think um, so. There's a there's a few stories about my dad's dad where like he, he escaped from a prisoner of war camp and stuff like this. And what nationality is it? British. All oh, right. Where yeah. was he, where was he? He was in World War Two. Oh, in wow. Africa, I believe. Escaped from a prisoner of war camp. Oh my and, god. And like trekked over. Mountains, what a like story. awesome story, yeah. 
and I just he died when I was very young and we just love to I just think there's so many lessons from that yeah. particular thing but I, I think everyone defaults to a famous person yeah but actually interviewing like uh, uh, either on your, your mother's side or your dad's side like someone who is generations before you and just understanding more about them would be really interesting mm. yeah that's cool that's a really yeah. different answer that's awesome so I think you Hazel Hazel James <laughs> I'd love to no but um I mean, that's, that's a good I didn't expect you to say that but actually yeah like if we were to say Anton Creel Tim Ferriss and you, like they've all been interviewed hundreds of times yeah. and mm-hmm. so the kind of questions that you would ask like yeah. people have done that yeah. so yeah boring answer again from me but be my dad now like f- several years on um, seeing what you would have to say that's cool yeah I think I'll break the trend it would be nice so I basically I, <clears throat> my grandmother died when I was three or four so for me, basically, I have no, I have very, very vague recollection of it, but essentially, like in terms of interaction, none. Mm-hmm. Might as well be none. Um, would be nice to speak to her. Um, I think sitting down with Marcus Aurelius, as long as he was able to speak English, like, yeah, that would be interesting. Would be, uh, yeah, like if the opportunity is like Buddha, Jesus. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, out of out of all of them, like Marcus Aurelius is a military like commander mm. who had a mindset that's lasted like 2000 years. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool to sit down with him. I think but he's the source of like stoic thinking, isn't he? Yeah. One of the, um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Just, just do, do it. Just, do it. Just these are great. The, pro- the problem with that situation, I would feel like if I was put in front of Jesus or whatever, it would be thinking like, I'm have such asinine questions I'm just for Jesus. fucking sandbag this. Like if I'm the only person ever, <laughs> It's like the chance to ask this person questions. You come back and be like, guys, I've spoken to Jesus. Did you you ask him this? I asked him if he was gluten intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) I froze. I I, I was like, do you like... What's your bench? Bread, because I like bread. You know what Um, actually would be really interesting to see? Go back to like the time when all the statues were created and see if anyone actually was in as good a shape as the statues Mm -hmm. implied. And if they were, what were they doing? (laughs) Give me that protocol. some berry that's gone extinct. I bet it's the water. Must Do you know what I think it is? Bone broth, first thing in the morning. Bone broth. Yeah. Bone broth. Yeah. Any so, chance, correct, you I, read it. I love you know, this. You've gone. You've been excited about Re- this. Rebs Jebs. Rebs Jebs. Says, any chance you fancy being my personal trainer? Brackets. And I mean that in every sense of the word personal. Winky face. Excellent. Rebs Jebs. This has got to be either a yes or a no. I'm unqualified. No. Great answer. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Kiss hug, kiss hug. By Jessica Tyler Taylor. Taylor. Fine. Um, during intercourse with a lady, she began to say the sentence, spit on m, and got to the M in m. I thought that she meant me, as in her, spit on me, at which point, like a loaded gun, I unloaded a... Uh, full mouth of saliva onto her face. She quietly wiped it off and said, I meant my fingers. I apologised, laughed, and then continued. That's that's up there. Mm. Spit, spit, spit on... Spit on... <laughs> I'm really There's excited. There's some velocity as well. You, you guys know this already, which is dropping, losing 23 grand in a period of about 10 minutes. The, the, the full story of that is on another podcast. No, we never recorded it. We will do. We'll do we, life. We we'll do life. Well, life fails. It never went live. Yeah, life fails. We'll come back. Um, but why didn't it go live? <laughs> so we didn't finish it. We never finished it. It got cut off. 
Okay, fine. We've got to. We've got to. We lost twenty three grand trading we'll have about to restart it. in how long? We'll have to in a, re- we'll about have to ten minute it. period. What? No. It loses. You lose about six six weeks off your life every time oh, that you realise that story. It's the prospect of like something that's been done not being used <laughs> is, is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Mine's really mundane. What's yours? So this was when I was an accountant. It, early early in my career like probably the first two or three weeks um the so the, the way the day panned out was um used to train in my garage in the morning so i'm in my garage squatting and really hard set so the only time this ever happened to me my my nose just completely popped so like blood just went like that mid-rep and i spat the blood all over the garage so like you're like pretty intense morning like you're pretty, feeling pretty fragile get to work walk in very sort of fabricated office environment, very bright lights. Like, you're like, 10 minutes ago, I'm bleeding all over the garage and now I'm here. Mm. Sit down and as I sat down, just heard the entire gusset of my trousers just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're like, I'm in this office in Team Valley auditing this company thinking, I've got the entire day <coughs> to just deal with this. And so I ended up, the way I dealt with it, because it went all the way up the back of my ass. So you could... Do you think this is due to quad pump from, this, from the... Prob- probably. From the squats. I just walked around with my jacket on the whole day and like, just hope for the best. Like, yeah. Just a little bit of posterior, posterior yeah. tilt. So not, not embarrassing, but like that kind of like socially awkward, like so nasty. That, that reminds me, I've had a very similar thing, which was um, front squatting in the gym and then went to the bathroom, came back, finished my session, left, and then realised, it was a very, it was a very busy gym, realised that um, I was wearing like swimming shorts for some reason. I must have like not had my kit available. And it's one of those flies that doesn't... Flaps open. Yeah, it just flaps open. And I had full penis out for, I don't know how long, like probably <laughs> since I went to the toilet for an hour afterwards walking around. There's the story Didn't of... get put on the... Uh, on the register. The register you aren't on any list. Well, I suppose you might not know. Right. Um, True. So there's a question here. I'm not going to say the person because I think that's what they mean. How do I lose weight? And then in brackets, please don't post this. I presume that you mean, please don't say who posted this as opposed to please don't post this. In which, because if that is the case, then the question was completely the name, Void. wasn't it? Um, how do I lose weight? Calorie fucking deficit, mate. Listen to the Get Lean for Summer podcast. Or just really go good. to propanefitness.com forward slash protocol. Calculator. Calculator. That's it. That's where to begin. Um, let's do some quick fire ones. What is your favourite non-alcoholic beverage? Coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going for some reason, I was starting to think like Vimto, Fanta, mm. like coffee. Absolutely coffee. Yeah. Nah, I've uh, nah. I've just bought a blender and I've been making blueberry, pineapple, and Palmer violet smoothie. Really nice. This is him doing green smoothies. <laughs> the scurvy way. <laughs> Palm violet. What is your second favorite animal? Donkey. Whip it. That's not Whip an it's not an animal. It's a dog. Okay. What's your first favourite animal? Tortoise. No, it's not. Uh, oh, fair enough. Then. Well, fair enough. You can't be dog whip it. I was just checking. That's what it was. What it, what it was. Do you not think? You know that we're getting that we're getting asked these questions, and no one's the, the integrity of our answers. For the most part, there's not a whole lot of pressure on, but it feels like there's an awful uh, lot of pressure. Oh, I've got to get this right. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, your second favourite animal? Any animal? Giraffe. See, there's no way to verify that. Yeah, but is so it? How do I know? Well, well, that's it. Like, I, is I, it even now? Is it at the moment? No, right. It's not. So what is it? <laughs> it's because to say like 
dog is a, is such a lame answer. That is hot. Yeah. Hot Goodness trash. me. Should we move on? I've just got a rubbish, I, off the question. rubbish answer. Right, okay. okay. Um, What's yours? Second favourite animal? Yeah. It's a donkey, See, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. donkey. Oh, right. there, there's an Egyptian zoo that has recently been rumbled for painting a donkey like a zebra. Wow. Which is very just Egyptian. hoping for the Real best. entrepreneurs. Well, it's such an Egyptian thing to do. What if it rains? Cutting corners. Fuck, then you've yeah. got a really um, special this is a This is a really good one. What do you think are the most attractive qualities a girl can have? Official... Of, official... <laughs> official Tyra Tucker. What do you think are the most attractive qualities a girl can have? Um, so we've just recently done a podcast on relationships where I say about women... Um, laying down hurdles for men and for me personally it's being kept on my toes as soon as a, as soon as you know that you've got a girl there's a the the challenge and the back and forth and the excitement like I need to for me it's being kept on my toes sense of humour mm-hmm. not taking themselves too seriously and being motivated towards something Nice. Being motivated to achieve something. Nice. Yeah, all, all very good. Uh, proactivity, so the lack of complacency, not resting on your laurels for any of your existing good qualities mm. and just making an effort. Those are always pushing that Wilkes. Always pushing your Wilkes, That's, basically. That yeah. is a fucking good framework for being a, a girl there. Mm-hmm. Or a guy, actually, to be honest. Um, would you, you ever... better girls and guys. That's all yeah, well, the, the not taking yourself seriously is huge. Because, like, if you have someone who... Makes you invincible. Like, not, cha- not chasing um, or not being reliant on public opinion, not mm, being okay. reliant on uh, validation is, a, like, a big part of that as Ego well. Ego is the enemy, obstacles the way. <laughs> Ryan Holiday. Um, would you ever date a guy if you fancied them? No. Well, yeah, if I fancied them, like... By definition, like, I suppose. Would, yeah, that's a, would, would you eat? Some but would you? Pizza but if you were would hungry? you? Would you? Would you eat a guy? If, would you? If, <laughs> would I eat a guy? Would you eat a guy? Would you date a guy if you fancied them? Because there's going to be social stigma. There's going to be a bunch of other things. I think so. Okay, so I think you'd have to leave your girlfriend. The question is, if I felt like I was gay, would I pursue that avenue? No. Well, surely that is the question. No, if you fancied okay. a guy, but I'm not gay. Would you date them? I think to be like no. it's, it's 2018 now. Like to be able to to to, to be afraid of. Pursuing a man that I fancy. Because well, I think that's so I think, so I think, bravery about yourself. We're talking. So let, let's reframe mm-hmm. the question. Okay, so you, you're in the relationship you're currently in. Mm-hmm. You meet a girl that you find attractive and you fancy. Okay. Do you date her? No. So I, that that's why I'm saying. I, I think see. With, so, so you're saying within the current constraints. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the only one. I'm the only one in this. So you don't that's single. So yeah. Like, give me some dick. <laughs> so you want some dick? Give me some. But dick. just that man's dick. So there's two questions that are side I by side. I think we can organise you some dick. Like, I think we can crowdsource crowd some dick. You, you, well, I don't only want you, one. I can hear you. I don't want multiple message inbox. Just I don't want multiple dicks. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have one. If yet. there's only one offer for a dick, you only have one to choose from. You need to have some options. I, I've I haven't had one, okay. and I feel like opening up with like, a sampler, a yeah, starter, and like getting like a, a whole. Fucking hot dog factory of them. Yeah, is going it's to be overwhelming. overwhelming. You want like an, you want like an anti-pasty platter, don't you? To try. Yeah, you have to I want a cocktail sausage. Yeah. I want a cocktail sausage to begin with. Mm-hmm. There's two questions side by side here. Would you ever go back on Love Island? And if you could do, do Love Island again, would you? Um, right now, yes, I would because I would be set for life, and I would get a million followers, and that would allow me to pursue this interest without. Um, diluting it or convoluting it or doing anything like that. It's just a platform now. What about the potential social, emotional fallout? 
wouldn't be any. I'm as robust as I've ever been right now. Okay. Um, I suppose you've done it once and you were you were okay. Like it was boring at times, but. So, what is something that had connected you with a partner at a deeper level? SS Park Fit. I think going through any kind of uh, collective tragedy with someone, or like any adversity, always brings you closer together. Mm. Well, where it can it can test it and might not, but it's it. I think you don't know what quality someone is until you've been through thick and thin with them. Mm-hmm. Something that brought Yusuf and I closer together was when we tried to sell our first ever ebook online. And uh... yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I think us going to Iceland brought us together as a three the shindoms yeah. I think the, the I think cold. collectively like we managed to find fun amongst persistent overwhelming <laughs> adversity it's extreme temperature <laughs> and, yeah Yusuf made me an egg and uh, I had skier late at night yeah, it was. several times um, for me it's probably MDMA like MDMA MDMA okay if you were the if oh that's the, that's the most like reliable way to engineer a deep connection, connection with, someone. with someone, isn't it? Yeah. Take MDMA, get them to take MDMA, sit in a room and look at them, and they're pretty boundless love. Yeah. Um, this if you want to do it without the MDMA, there's lots of. Uh, <laughs> the, so look at David Dada, the way of the superior man, and his counterpart exercises. There's a lot of partner exercises where you sit opposite your partner and look into their eyes for a long period, and you breathe with them. One breathes in, the other breathes out, and then like a two-way meditation. Sort of. And then you say, out of ten, how present you feel with them, and they say how present you, they feel with you. And when it starts to drop, you know, you say, oh, four, three, seven, eight, nine, and you just do that for... David Dado, Way of the Superior Man, and this partner exercise, are they in the book? Yeah, they're actually fantastic. I really want to try them, and I'm awesome. very grateful that the person I'm with can, is, is up for that. I'm just like, that. oh, that's weird, like, I'm not doing that. That's cool, man. Um, pretty cool one here. What is everyone's short-term training goals... What total regional competition? Just a physique goal? Question marks. All from anabolic OD. Great username. Wow. Anabolic OD. <laughs> Seven hundred kilo total in the one hundred five kilo class at nationals twenty eighteen, weighing a hundred kilos or less. But you're in the one hundred fives. Yeah, but I want to, if I'm a hundred kilos or less, I hit a PB Wilkes. Nice. Yep. Disc herniation rehab, um, tumbling and handstand goals like. Get cork or cork to cork. Um, That's the one-legged spinny flip. Yeah. Spinny flip. Well remembered. Yeah, cork one... to cork is woo 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 bang woo woo bang. Yeah, just like, class. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, that's oh, cool. Um, but yeah, at the moment, just hypertrophy. What's the Default. thing? Is there like a? I'd love to deadlift seven hundred pounds. Is there a like an all-time pinnacle that people like gymnastics version? The seven hundred pounds equivalent is probably iron cross double cork. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Gymnastics is yeah, the Iron Cross, like a strength strength goal or something like that. Okay, I just mean like a in the community. What's like, like seven twenty double back tucks? Um, so, yeah, so something like a seven twenty. Like where the more spins, and then like only few people on earth have ever done a triple cork, and then like one guy's done a quadruple. But he he's like tiny. He's like fifty five kilos and just the perfect all in one. Yeah, just run. <laughs> Big run up. I think he does a couple of like pre things and just yeah. Goals. Like they they're just so good at delaying the the spin until they're right at the top of their the the and then apex they just of their thing and then they raise their centre of gravity yeah. and just get really tight and it's just like That's why cool. don't you do loads of ring stuff? 
I'm just not strong enough at all. But like, which is you're, quite, like, you're going to be quite heavy as well, I guess. Yeah, like one one fifty bench, and I'm absolutely piss poor at rings. It's it's but crazy you know, how like I think you got one fifty bench. Yeah, I, I, I fucking I, hell. I did it with you. Won the um, little, <laughs> the pinnacle. Yeah, shit. So you got did a little mm. record for the. So as a thing. as a very very brief segue here, we went into a gym in Brunswick Park, just above Gosforth in Newcastle. <laughs> I took Johnny and Yusuf in there on the board. In there were these. Kind of like West Side Barbell style, long standing, like records, like overhead press, bench press, squats, so on and so forth. And you move through, I think, all three of the lifts from powerlifting, squat, bench, and deadlift for reps, and repped higher one rep maxes than were on there. Yeah. I think you did for five. Training. I, think yeah. for, I think for five, you deadlift, deadlifted more than the current night. So I think as part of my session that day, I took the one rep max for my weight class. You bench one fifty for the first time. You smashed the record, didn't you? It yeah, was like one one three five or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, uh, for me, at the moment, immediately rehab back, make myself much more um, robust, much more robust to uh, injury, and then yeah, within the next couple of years, I want to compete at a RX CrossFit comp. Do you ever have the goal of regionals? I have no idea how ridiculous I think it's a, of a target I think it, that is. I, th- I think shy of me tacking myself onto a team and basically bringing them down, mm-hmm. I need. It's the beginning of it's the beginning of a salesman's career and saying I want to be the CEO. Like you just don't know how good you can be at the right. sport, and at the moment I don't know how good I can be. <coughs> um, so yeah, for me, CrossFit comp, become competitive locally, and then see where we go from there. What is one thing that if you could dial it up? So, like, there's a series of skills in CrossFit. If I said to you, Chris, I have the mixing table. Mixing table? I have the series of dials. I can turn up one of those abilities. Which of those do you think is such a weakness that if it was elevated, it would really bring up your skills? For me, endurance. Endurance? Yeah. Mm. Right. So, I'm strong. If that was 10x. Yeah. Like, I can I can be sufficiently strong already because of my background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not stronger really than anyone, but I'm in the mixer with that, but I lag behind in endurance. It's true, actually. 10x in your endurance would just mean... like Because yeah. the, it's, it's the, it's the foundation. Fine. The endurance is the foundation for everything because if you had the work capacity, the strength would be irrelevant because top-end strength is never used in CrossFit mm. except for actually in the games, which will have been by the time that this is gone, but the CrossFit total is going to be one of the comps in there, but it's very rare. Mm. Most of the time it's an ascending... It's like a squat ladder, clean ladder, or, but yeah. with ring muscle-ups in between. And the reason that the squat clean ladder is hard is because you're fatigued. So if your endurance was there, you would be fine. Um, here's a here's a pretty cool one. When did you first get into mindfulness and looking after your mental state and why? It was something that Yusef said to me, which was that you... It was the idea of um, having no attachments, having no external attachments was the path to like no suffering and being at, at peace. It's what Sam Harris says, isn't it? That for years and years, con- contemplatives have used isolation as a route to discover whether or not happiness can be found in isolation of external factors. Mm-hmm. And for most people, solitary confinement is considered the worst punishment in the world, but these people have found solace in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that I've, right? Have I, have I blundered that? No, you're right, yeah. Like, no attachments, no aversions means that you've got ultimate freedom to... Mm. Like, the, there's no you're suffering. Not, you're not at the mercy of anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, if if you equate... 
it's it's the idea that if you have this circuit of desire, chase the desire, fulfill the desire, happy for a moment because the mind quiets mm-hmm. on the fulfillment Adapt. of that desire, and then a new new desire comes up and you repeat that cycle. Whereas if you were to short circuit that whole process, eliminate the desire, which you can do consciously through repetition, then you've got the quieting of the mind without having to go through that big loop and chase the desire and fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And then you've just got that from Constant the beginning. fulfillment. Yeah. One of the things you said about feelings from your retreat, unsatisfactoriness. Oh, so the, the yeah, the, the, the Buddhist approach is um, everything is anicca, anatta, and sukha, I think. So impermanence. Everything is impermanent, unsatisfactory, and non-self in its qualities. And so the sooner that you can teach your nervous system that, not just consciously, but like at a deep level, then you don't attach to anything and you can just let experiences flow through you without having to grasp or push away. So that's everything, both good and bad, is temporary and never enough. Yeah. As long as you... So it was... It was so the reps of that are just like reinforce those things to flow through. So I think like realizing that your entire life you're going through this material, uh, like externally validated and motivated approach to try and feel happy. I think that's really what everyone's trying to do at some level. And the way you explained it, then you, once you hear it like that, you're like, oh, actually, it's kind of pointless. It's to to have all this time that's going to pass regardless, yeah, and not at least try and work on the thing that is the most valuable thing you I think have. The thing that is actually perceiving all of this, the, all of the interface between yeah. the external reality. And I think one of the ways that we stay in this hamster wheel is that our mind convinces ourselves that if we were to suddenly detach from all desire and um, attachment and aversion, we'd become this like, log that would just, mm. yeah. But if, if anything, well, if you worse. see people that are frequent meditators, they are the most vibrant and enthusiastic and yeah. fully engaged people because they're able to just dive in with both feet and not have to... So I did take 10 headspace? Take 10. Take 10. Um, Hands in the arms, down to the legs. So yeah, I think I had... I had a... um, I had a couple of periods of... of, Naturally, I'm quite a depressive person, I think. My my native state is to be um, on the depressed side of things, so I don't tend to look at the positives, naturally. I'm the same. Um, And... So it's your default state. I don't, yeah, like your, your native state, isn't it? Okay, sorry, default yeah, state, like, should I say. So no. something happens, do you catastrophize and think yeah, of the worst? very much so. Yeah. Very, very much so. And that's that was reinforced a lot through work. Mm. So um, the business that I'm in of club nights is inherently very, um, it's very changeable and it is at the mercy of market forces and the whims of customers who are the most fickle bastards <laughs> on the planet. And what that leads to is this kind of uh, low-level anxiety that's constantly going. And it's just, it's... Yeah, I, I struggle to do what you do. It, re- it reinforced, <laughs> it reinforced thought, thought patterns that were already um, default for me. And just, like, through sheer fucking brute force, I think being around you two makes a really big difference for me doing the podcasts has been like, I say it all the time, it's like therapy for me. It's really um, helpful because I feel like the three of us have very different sticking points in in our growth. And mm-hmm. I think seeing someone who's like got a, a 
clear channel in one of those other ones is really useful to... Yeah, we fill, I think, with regards to each other, we fill in a lot of the gaps that all of us have. And there's a one of the rules that we all of us cite to each other a lot um, is Jordan Peterson's be friends with people who want the best for you. And what's interesting with that is be friends with people who want the best for you isn't be friends with people who tell you what you want to hear. So mm-hmm. as a really, really good example, Johnny was working on some new content for Propane about a month or a couple of months ago. He'd worked on it for quite a while. He sent the video into me and Yusuf and my reply to him, I knew that he'd worked really hard and I knew that it was good, but my response to him immediately was, yeah, mate, that's good. But being frank, like it's nowhere near as good as you could be. Mm-hmm. Like I know how good you can make this content. Mm-hmm. And I think your response to Yusuf was something similar. And you Yusuf was just like, it's fucking shit. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole please can we split the business off but yeah and, um, t- yeah you're and, right and you know you went away and you i think i don't know whether you knew that in advance but you went away and you came back and the next time you did it you absolutely fucking smashed mm. it mm. and it was amazing and i was like that's being friends with people who want the best for you the same way as the young child wants the sweets but the sweets aren't good for it giving it the vegetables is what it needs <clears throat> Giving it the sweets is what it wants, but that's not necessarily what it needs. And that's mm. being friends with people who want the best for you. It's people who aren't just waiting to tell you about them and tell you like what's happening for them and like actually. But, yeah, but actually, what happened this morning? Like, <laughs> honestly, exactly, exactly <laughs> that. That's... Like, you, you say you ask for advice, and someone sits and thinks about it, thinks about you, and gives you advice that is relevant for you in their opinion. Yeah. So I think for me, it's it was. Uh, uh, having a, a series of pretty tough depressive episodes like not being able to get out of bed just refusing to get out of bed and one of the problems with me and with work is that because I don't have a boss I'm never culpable to anybody and what that means is that I can always make an excuse about why I'm not in work it means that I can either by being truthful or by lying I can always get out of having to do things that mean that I need to leave the house so and that to me just, it didn't make me feel good. Like I, I didn't feel proud of myself and I didn't think, I thought, is this what my fucking life's turned out to be? Like I don't want to leave bed because of some thought pattern. Like nothing's really actually gone wrong in the grand scheme mm. of things. Recently I sat down with a guy who elected to chop one of his legs off. Like after being hit with five IEDs and losing his best mate and commander in Iraq. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Put it in context. Yeah, it does, but mm. you need the tools. You have to have the tools to be able to deal with these sort of things. And I think that it was sheer brute force is the only, the, the thing that I keep coming back to. And the reason I say brute force is I force fed myself content, which made my life better. So reading and listening to people like Jordan Peterson, Tim Ferriss, you know, Sam Harris, all of these guys who spoke a language which I understood the School of Life um, YouTube channel is a huge influence. Um, so that's that's my why. And then, you know, as we've just said there, like I think we make, us three make make each other's lives better. Like I genuinely would, I'd be fucked. Like if it wasn't for the fact that we have each other privately and publicly as well. Mm. And, um, you know, we don't let each other off the hook with things. We don't, we hold each other accountable as well if someone's being inconsistent with things or if someone needs support with things. It's the best thing that you can do for someone. And it's the same principle that you said that you should do if you are a woman or a man in a, in a like starting a relationship or dating someone is to hold them to those high standards and don't settle for anything less for both of your sakes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Really like it. Yeah, very much so. Um, there's a couple of Love Islandy ones here, so I'll, I'll get them through. Have you been watching this season of Love Island? If yes, thoughts on scripted filming from Vision Asiri. Um, I watched the first week and then I was in America for a bit and then Adam, my friend, left. So I haven't got a massive sample to work with. There's been some accusations thrown around about um, scripting because they did a match in action, what's called a match in action in um, cinematography is where something will start off on one side and then they'll flip to another camera angle and continue the scene. And someone noticed that in one scene, two people, two separate couples kissed at the same time. And in a different scene, they kissed separately in, uh, the, in the match. Okay. Um, and listen to the Love Island podcast. It goes back to that. As I say in that, the dates are much more heavily produced. This is because they don't have set up camera angles. It's quite likely that that might have even been the same camera that that wouldn't have been happening at the same time. Right, guys, we've got that. Can you sit back down, please? We're just going to get you to kiss again. It's like they asked them to kiss again and say goodbye. It wasn't like, it wasn't some crux of the story. It wasn't that someone was about to reveal they loved someone and they told them to shut the fuck up. Mm. Um, it's probably unnecessary work anyway to do that isn't it to, to create a plot when you've got people in there anyway that they're doing this stuff themselves I said this yeah. and this is you know anyone who's concerned about whether or not Love Island is scripted or not you can come back to this which is about as close to a safety latch as you can get which is the people that are in there have not had media training I can promise you they haven't had media training you get Stephanie 18 from Bolton and drop her in the middle of Mallorca and say right so Alex has just told you that he loves you, but we didn't quite get that. Can you just do that reaction again? She's going to have a meltdown. She's mm. not going to be able to do that. She doesn't have that in her capabilities. So just, that, the, what's that thingy's razor? Occam's razor. Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is often the correct one. Yeah. There you go. Um, have you found it harder to find someone that's genuinely in it for you and not because of Love Island? So I kind of get this similar sort of question um, a lot. And I think that people are overestimating the level of fame that particularly I got out of my season. Like the early seasons of Love Island, people are not considered celebrities anymore. And being frank, like after one year lapsed outside of Love Island, no one gives a fuck anymore. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. only concerned about the most recent ones. The only way that you can still be relevant is if you do what Chris and Kem have done, which is force yourself down the throat to the people. Create something else. Yeah, by continuing to make yourself relevant. Um, I suppose they're, they're, for a short period of time, given this platform, and it's like there you go, do something with it, or it'll it'll expire. And if it expires, then could you do a podcast in regards to tips for the gym if you haven't already from Sophia Larkin? Um, just... I'm not sure if you've. I don't know how long you followed us for Sophia, but um, there I are go back listen to those podcasts, listen to the Propane podcast. There are um, a hundred and twenty episodes on the Propane Fitness podcast. And the clue is in the name. Some of them are on fitness. Genuinely, the best resource on fitness that we know of. Otherwise, we would have created it. So, um, <laughs> well, you one, did. Well, we did. So, yeah. One another question from M Wood. Any advice on getting back to training after illness? Good so, question. Really yeah. Good question. So I've got a series on this called Project Swole. That was directed specifically towards regaining muscle mass after it's heavy dangerous. illness. But after, yeah, but. Um, the same thing, same thing applies, like same principles. So watch those series of videos. It goes over uh, how I was admitted to hospital for seven days with an infection on a background of a six-week, um, just multiple series of <laughs> sequence of infections. Um, how did I find them, Yusuf? 
Oh, just go on uh, propanefitness.com. Okay. There's a lovely new live search bar. All right. So just start typing projects. Well, and I'll find them there. You'll or find them all there. What would the URL be? Oh, It'll be probablyfitness.com forward slash project swole. Dean, video guy Dean will make it appear magically on the screen somewhere. Um, we have totally missed one screenshot at the bottom and there's some absolute belters on here. Um, what do you need to do to reduce belly fat from Lati Far? As far as I'm aware, there is absolutely no research which says that you can spot reduce fat. The best analogy that I've heard is doing crunches to reduce this is like scooping the corner of a swimming pool to try and get rid of this bit of water. <laughs> so it's like that. That's exactly how it is. And for losing fat in general, again, go back and check. Calorie fucking deficit, <laughs> yeah. mate. Well, listen to the Getting Lean for Summer podcast. Just eat, exercise more than you eat in terms of calorie yeah. expenditure. There yeah. you go. Um, Chris, I used a super like on you on Tinder. Where's my chance, boo? Uh, can't pronounce that. That's where they're going wrong. Yeah. Um, Shit username. If you do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm afraid, as I explained on a Hacker in Your Pocket, I'm trying to reduce my smartphone time, which included removing Tinder. Um, one piece of life advice from each of you that you would give to my 17-year-old son from... Jim Fecker. Jim Fecker. Good Lord. That is a really good fucking question. Good God. Um, at 17 years old... Um, So, do you want me to start? Yes. Decide on a three-year goal in each of the four quadrants of your life. So this is not my framework. This is from a few people that's been adapted, but body, being, balance, and business. So business could... Body, your physical goal, whether it's physique or sport or whatever. Being, spiritual pursuit, whether it's prayer, meditation, um, anything on that. Introspective. In outside, anything introspective, any kind of self-growth, emotional processing. Balance, time with your family and friends. And business is maybe your career prospect, studies, any of that stuff. So just have something in each of those four quadrants in three years and then divide that back into one of the weekly targets and the daily habits that I need to do to keep me moving towards that. And by the time you're 21, you'll be an absolute monster. Bastard. Yeah. Johnny? Two things. Uh, first, <clears throat> set some time aside every day to read something or listen to a book, because I think it's, I think it's the easiest way to just expand your thinking, improve your vocabulary, uh, improve your understanding of a range of topics. Like I would, I would pick books in different areas and just accumulate knowledge. Because if you it's, it's install that habit. By the time you're 21, you'll have learned so much that, that your friends won't have. Second one is try and be mindful or aware of your ego in situations and how it can influence mm. what how you react and what you do. Because I think it leads to a lot of like knee-jerk reactions. Or muddies muddies the water decisions. of a lot yeah. of stuff, right? I think both of those are, are fantastic and probably lead on from what I would have said. So for someone who's 17 just if it was me I would focus on being as truthful and honest as I can and that's with everybody um, from myself to the people around me and the ego thing is is totally totally true um, there's this lovely quote from Eckhart Tolle where he in The Power of Now where he talks about when you have a conversation with someone and 
they are defending a position even though they know that it's wrong. And the reason that they're so terrified of admitting that it's wrong is because that admission is tantamount to destruction. Yeah. And the removal of the ego removes your attachment to that element of you. And as soon as you can do that, your capacity for growth just goes through the roof. Instead, you've got this basal f- digging the heels in because of the fear of death. And yeah. The f- fear of well, That's such, a, it's position such a huge even. thing. Like allowing yourself to be wrong and uh, embracing being wrong and mm-hmm. uh, like actually to a degree desiring being proven to be wrong mm-hmm. is it's great it's a lovely feeling especially when you're 17 and I think you you already feel you're going to be wrong more than you're going to be right you're going to be wrong more than you yeah but you're also wanting to you, you're not stable in your in your character or anything and so you want to try and like get a footing and dig things in even if it's not correct there's so, an idea of if you approach a like a discussion and open with your opinion you immediately reduce the amount you could have learned from that situation by allowing someone else to give their unfiltered opinion. If you aim, and like, we're all so eager to be right, and yeah. that that comes back to turning conversations into tennis matches, doesn't it? Mm. You wait for someone to finish so that it's your turn to hit the ball. Mm. And if you try, if you if you aim to speak about half as much as you listen, I think that's a, probably a pretty good rule of thumb. That's why we've got two ears and one mouth. There you go. Um, do you remember meeting me at Universal Studios, Renee Huesca? Yes, I do. It was very nice to meet you, Renee. She was the one person in America that asked for a photo with me because oh, no, no. Love Island season one was on Hulu. <laughs> on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, do you keep in contact with anyone you were in the villa with from XOX, Gemma XOX? Um, yes, we've got all of the guys on WhatsApp and do keep in touch whenever I see anything relevant. I probably speak to John Clark and Max the most. Um, Max is still doing pretty good I think he might be moving away actually John Clark smashing it on Towie Josh Ritchie shagging Charlotte Crosby so fair play Uh, Jordan Ring is just being massive Uh, advice for an 18 year old wanting to go to the games hashtag it's gonna happen underscore the underscore hoy underscore Um, fuck get yourself a good programmer warrior programming is fantastic get someone who does your programming get someone that does your nutrition set a long-term goal. Like, Don't aim to go to the games in two years' time. Aim to be at the games when you're 23 or 25. It's not the same now as when Rich Fronian and Josh Bridges and even like people like Tia Wright and Brooke, Brooke Wells and people like that. It's not the same as it was when they were. The, the calibre of people, when Annie Thoris' daughter went and did the games, people were still doing kipping muscle-ups as opposed to butterfly because that was the level of advancement And there was so many more, it was so much less refined and the level of competition was so lower. It is like, from the outside looking in, it still may look like the equivalent of a cottage industry, (laughs) but it is a fully, it's half a mil when you win now. That's the prize money this year in the 2018 CrossFit Games. And Matt Fraser will be, for the rest of his life, he's just bought a plot of land that's got eight acres on it and has like a barn that's about two acres. I imagine the prize money is like, the tip of the iceberg for what they get from the sponsorship and uh, yeah. influence the, and all that sort of shit. the quote from Tony Robbins. It's like, everyone overestimates what they can accomplish in a year, but underestimates what they can accomplish in a decade. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, as you said, like, aim for it. It, it comes back to what did we say about being 17? Like, set yourself a long-term goal, break it down day by day, and get someone, make yourself externally accountable. If you're 18... Being frank, like your capacity to have perspective is almost zero. zero. Oh like, man, one more thing for the seventeen as well. Like looking back, the amount of 
I think hold yourself to higher standards than your immediate peer group. Yeah, seventeen-year-olds are fucking idiots. Because I did a, I, I, my first degree was maths and business, and a lot of the people on the degree were absolute waste men. And because I was smashing it in relative terms, I thought, oh, yeah, no, great. I'm, yeah, but actually, like my my work ethic and my yeah. like actual output was so low. Hang around with some but, older people. Yeah. Hang around with some people that are three years older than you, five years older than you, and just get what you can from them, glean what mm-hmm. you can from them. Or, like, find people you admire online. I think that's something can Contact that it, them, listen to podcasts, yeah. consume content. I don't feel like that existed when I was 17. Definitely not. But, like, the number of people you can listen to and just, like, hours and hours, years of content online from people who are really impressive people. Modern wisdom. Um, um, just, just to, before we move on, yep. I feel like 18 to 28, for me, Ages, like absolutely ages. So much has happened, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'll be thirty-eight before I know what's happened. Yeah, I feel like I've blinked in it. Yeah, like, well, yeah. Mm. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's worrying. Well, so they say like speed of time increases as you get older because you've got the same less you've variety. Had more, yeah, more familiar experiences. I think so if like, you if you can try and cultivate a growth mindset, though, I mm. think that you can slow that that time difference by an awful lot. Um, there is. Not Susanna Hallinan, who I did a podcast with recently. Gretchen Rubin talks about trying to vary your life as much as possible mm. to slow that down. So taking different routes to work right. or things like that, like varying, eating with the left hand, like just doing as much as you can to vary so your life. Is the, the master of that, isn't he? With all the, all the travel and... Like, I, I well, you know what you said about setting sort of three-year, 90-day goals? Mm-hmm. And you look back over a year and you're like, wow, look at what I've done across all these parts of my life. Then, when 10 years go by, you can almost look back and go... Because the problem is, yeah, it's not true. the experienced self, because the time doesn't go any quicker or any slower. It's the remembered self. Yeah. So, yeah. you're right. It's, it's about... It's having reference points, isn't yes. it? Um, RJ Smith, 515. How do you go about deciding what career is right for you and what to do in a job you're in, um, but don't enjoy, if that makes sense? I'm a support worker, 26, having done sports science at uni, got a crappy grade, and don't know what the best career path is for myself is um so we've i mean we, we've both had a major change mm-hmm. of career path um and so have you to an extent mm-hmm. so what would you do if money was no object there you go they, so what would you do if you didn't have to pay for anything anymore and money was no object what and would you spend your I time suppose as long as that because a lot of people because we we get i get asked this quite a bit i mm-hmm. imagine you do too because people see that i've left accountancy to do online fitness and I'm like what a weird direction I think some people when I ask them that back say oh yeah but I'm really into fishing I can't monetize that mm-hmm. like there's yes you can yeah there's, there's ways to monetize most things mm-hmm. and I think there's the risk that you turn your hobby or your passion into a career or into a job and end up hating your passion but I think if you structure it right I like I, the way I feel about it is if you are like deeply deeply passionate about something you will be able to, and this is what Alan Watts says, like if you love doing something, you'll be good at it. And if you're really good at it, you'll be able to command a good fee or a, or a good income from whatever it is that you do. So start with that question. So, yeah, like, and you, you may be passionate, you may not. And if you don't, if you're not blessed with passion in something and you can't force it, then be strategic about it and say, mm-hmm. what, what do I value? Do I value time? Do I value money? Do I value freedom? And this will change over the, the years. But a lot of people, and, and, you know, I went to work in finance and in asset manager, and a lot of these people who work there, they they were really passionate about finance, plus they really valued money. Hmm. 
much more than they valued time. And so I remember getting a message at 8am UK time from someone in the New York office, New Start, saying, hey, can you send me some slides for this thing? On I was on chat. And I was like, isn't it 4am for you? And she was like, yeah, I've been in since 9am this morning. Like that kind of lifestyle, if you value money over and above all else, then yeah. Exactly. But, I, you know, there's my supervisor. Um, so I, for anyone who doesn't know me, I, I transitioned into medicine um, alongside propane from finance. It was one of the best decisions I've made. But um, the so that my supervisor at the moment did something similar and said to me, like, money is not... So he, he runs a private private company but is a is a doctor at the same time was like now like if I were to scale my business nationally what would it do for my income like it it wouldn't really give me much additional benefit it would only increase the the quality quality of the problems that I have (laughs) and so I I don't want to have to deal with that it's like additional money at this point isn't going to help me so yeah but I think when you've got whatever you have the least of you hunger for that and then you think like I'm just going to go to the top level for that people are like oh I want I want a ten million pound business or a billion pound right, business. Like, right. well, no, no, you statistics. This, this, no, the, you re- the, the research says that after about fifty thousand pounds, fifty five thousand pounds, happiness does not increase with money. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to to see that when you're earning much less than it because you think like, wow, well, I love that. Yeah. And like, there's so much literature around scaling past a million as a business just creates problems beyond what most people are willing to tolerate. Fuck that. I think something that I really like is in keeping with the strategy. Like, if something isn't I'm passionate about this. Look at what you are better at than your friendship group. Like, look at if what are you? What are your friends go like? Oh, he's he or she's really good at this. Mm. And everyone has something. Yeah. And I think that's a, an indicator of your it skills and strengths. It takes so much introspective work to work out what that was. So, mm. a really good example that I like is what did you do between the ages of maybe about six and fourteen? <laughs> what were your hobbies that you did back then? There's this great example that Gretchen Rubin uses where she talks about the world's best colour picker. So this woman chooses selections of colours that match together from however many there is, four billion colours. And she selects the ones that work, and it's for like massive Dulux, Vivian Westwood. And she matches these colours together. And they said, so what, what are your professional qualifications in this? And so, well, nothing. But when I was about 10 years old, I had like the largest Crayola crayon set that you can get. And I used to just spend all of my time doing that. And to bring it back to me, when I was a kid, I was an absolute gobshite who wouldn't shut up. And I used to listen. I used to listen to audiobooks. What is the twenty years later, twenty years hence? What is the manifestation of that? Mm. It's talking and listening on a podcast. Oh man! And that weirdly cool. poetically justice to sort of finish off that. The what would you do if money is no object is a really really good way to do it. Mm. Another um, useful tool to use is to try and work out a Venn diagram of what you're good at what you love to do, what society needs, and what you can be paid for. And if you can try and find out where all of those things intersect, that's probably going to be somewhere close to your calling. Now, that's not necessarily going to be the most fulfilling because as is shown by the Venn diagram, you're going to have to sacrifice some of what you love to do for some of what you can be paid for Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things. But, you know, we work within these gray areas a lot of the time and it's great to go dick and balls for one thing, but a lot of the time trying to find a modicum of balance is probably a pretty good way well, to go. Yeah, and the guy asking this question is a support worker right now. And a lot of people would say that's an extremely fulfilling role because you're very hands-on and you're, very, you're helping people on a one-on-one basis. But if it's not fulfilling you, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the job. It's just that it's not the way that you derive 
you know, build fulfillment that from adding value to people in a certain way. So, like, okay. I, I think there's no worse way. way to spend your life than do something every day for the majority of your time that you don't enjoy doing. Oh, I just, I, I honestly think it's the worst decision you can make. For I would have been seriously depressed or probably killed myself within 10 years if I'd stayed at BlackRock. Do like, uh, obviously forces would have meant that you would have, would have changed it. Yeah. Yeah. It would change yeah. the thing. But if, you know, if, if there was, if we were in a communist government and I had to do that, then out of a yeah. window, um, there's a photo of you just in keeping with Chris's thing. There's a photo of you where you've arranged all your toys in order. <laughs> in a perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just, I think like investment banker, kind of doctor, childhood, very, doctor very competent with websites and technology. There's <laughs> the next one. This it's one. just an early diagnostic sign. Of perfect. Perfect. So, autism. Totally <laughs> Brief one here. How important is it to stay in the 10 to 15% body fat range for hypertrophy? Roots PT. Roots. Andrew, thank what you up? for the... Shout outs recently and the, the shares of the podcast and so on. Really appreciate it. Oh, um, I remember seeing you in Biker Biker Grove. Biker DW Fitness and thinking Let's get ready, ready, let's get ready, 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 let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> if I get popped on YouTube for that fucking music usage, because we're so tonally, <laughs> so we're so close. Yeah. Oh god. Um Not important. For for gaining muscle. It's easier. Like so, so yeah. The, the, there are there's physiological metrics for saying that if you know your, your hormonal profile goes out of whack if you're too much above fifteen percent because fat and adipocytes are a endocrine organ in themselves. They produce estrogen, and so if you have too much fat on your body, you're going to be producing more estrogen than you should. That's not conducive to muscle gain. But the other thing is that it's just a waste of time gaining too much fat and having to then spend six or eight months cutting back. The simpler solution would be eat a surplus that is moderate enough so that you know you don't stray above that 0.5% a 0.5% body weight per week loss Tops. and if you're gaining yeah. 0.5% a month or yeah. if you've been training Depends for a while I, I mean I, I I imagine Andrew's asking this out of interest because last time I saw you were pretty lean so <laughs> on the flip side of that though you know trying to maintain 8 or 9% whilst gaining muscle as well like yeah, trying to stay too lean is obviously... Yeah. You, you're going to be playing about with such fine um, caloric uh, mm. discrepancies mm. that it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Like, and give yourself... Allow yourself to relinquish. One thing that no one really ever talks about when they talk about um, training and diet in terms of, like, a typical bulk cut cycle is that willpower is a finite resource. Everyone just treats bodybuilders and fitness models and people that go to the gym like they're just like a fucking robot that's got inputs and outputs. It's like, no. Like, if you've been in a moderately restricted diet for eight months, keeping yourself, trying to grow at 9% or 8%, and then you have to cut from there, like, where's the fucking yeah. willpower? You're yeah. going to have yeah. lost the will to live. Absolutely. So, and I, I should say as well, like, I, maybe that's where the question is coming from, that you're staying below that range and what, uh, you know... Yeah. Um, but yeah, being seven six percent, like you, then you have the opposite problem. Your an- androgens start to drop, and so that's also not conducive to muscle gain. So, so to a degree, ten to fifteen percent is a, a li- it's a sweet spot. And like ten ten to twelve percent, as far as anyone else is concerned, looking at you on a beach, you're going to be shredded. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, that guy's a bodybuilder. He's he's big and lean. Like the only you've got abs, you've got abs lean. You'll you'll have a little bit of vascularity, and you'll be you'll have you'll be bigger from the intramuscular fat as well. So the only time that the only person that ever cares whether you're seven percent or nine percent is you. Yeah, yeah. I even your partner. I like. I wouldn't it, say even bother worrying about body fat percentage. I just I know it's I know there has to be a frame for the question, but like, it's 
so difficult to say, am I 10%, 11%, 13%, 17%. So I would get, the model we use with everyone we work with is get to the point where you are as happy objectively as you can possibly be with how lean you are. You don't mind adding a bit of calories. Try to retain visually as that, that leanness as much as possible. Try to keep your body weight as stable as possible, allowing slight increase and focus on adding weight to the bar or doing more total work over time. And naturally, by, by virtue of that, you will be adding muscle mass at the max of your physiological rate. And just set calories to be permissive to muscle growth. Not, like not, to not 0.5% to 1% per month is a... At, at most. Gain. Mm. Yeah, at most. But yeah, the, I, I, there is a, there's a video on this that, that relates, it's, a, it's a grid and it mm. relates a matrix and it relates to how many years of training you've had mm. and how much muscle gain that equates to yeah. as far as Interesting. per month. Yeah. Um, DJ Slacky, 85... First one, uh, when's the Leon Scott podcast coming out? I have got a reminder set for about four days' time to give him a message. For those people who don't know, Leon Scott is a pretty well-known Instagram model, um, and I got him to agree to come on, but he's got a crazy busy shoot schedule, so I haven't been able to get him yet, but I promise I will. He's only from Middlesbrough, which is just down the road, and there's someone who's like 150K on Instagram and he does like Hera London which you may have heard of and Chain and Abel and like he does big dick campaigns huge big dick social media influencer campaigns but he's the guy that suggested that we go to the Kadampa Compassion Center and do Buddhist meditation right. so he was the guy that the inspired me yeah he was the one that inspired me to go there we so this guy is we're talking um, earlier on about being an enigma and having multifacets in your personality this guy is like completely out of, he's an outlier right. and um, it's going to be super, super interesting. I have no idea, literally I have no idea what I'm going to hear when I sit down with him. I've never heard him speak. Wow. On a, he doesn't do like recorded voice. He also plays professional football for Darlington Football Club. Wow. Um, he's got like this like super fit girlfriend and he's always in Bali and doing cool shit and then he'll on a photo shoot and then he'll be training and then he'll be, he's released a, a like ebooks and all sorts of stuff. He's an interesting fucking guy. So, um, to Chris, can you describe your transition from training the typical weight training split to the way you do now in terms of what you notice in your physique changes and how your diet has changed? You look a lot bigger than your Love Island shape, yet still lean. Chris Fit Podcast. Chris Fit Podcast, yeah. So, uh, Propane yeah. Fitness and search Chris Fit. That was, so satisfying to be like, oh, you've got, oh, we've actually got like already a two-hour discussion <laughs> on exactly that. It's available on YouTube or on iTunes. Got All the, the Propane Fitness questions. Just, yeah, just search, pro, just Google Propane Fitness Chris Fit and you will find it. Yeah. Love Island, Fat Loss, Chris Training. Yeah. We even discussed Uber Helicopters in that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that the first podcast we ever did with you? Yeah, that was the first one. So, mm. the most interesting thing on that, watch Chris's podcast presence. That's the most impressive mm. transformation. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. I've, cha- I've changed my um, capacity on a podcast more than my physique, I think. Um, to try and distill that down, doing CrossFit means, so t- training from that to how I am now, it's just been CrossFit. Like, I wish that I could say it was something else. I wish that there was some secret sauce, that or some solution that I'd added in. And it's not, it's just been CrossFit. And I think, again, we go back to blunt force trauma. Like, it's an awful lot of volume very frequently. I'm training a lot more frequently than I used to. The reason for that is because I like the way that I train. What that distills down to is choose a training methodology which you enjoy. If you enjoy it, you will train more. And if you train more, you will elicit gains more quickly than you would have done if you weren't. 
there's something called MRV, which is maximum recoverable volume. And for an awful lot of people that go to the gym normally, I think they're miles below that. The number of people that overtrain, unless they're in a fucking heavy calorie people deficit. People are so worried about overtraining, aren't they? They're like, oh, mate, what if I'm, I'm doing five sets of squats this week and I'm worried about overtraining? Yeah. It's like, fuck off, <laughs> mate. Like, you I, know, the, the, your, your mind will limit your overtraining way before you can even touch overtrain for like 99% of the population. Train more. It's train more. I, I, Find. I, I've not seen someone lift as much volume and and just have the like the capacity to just hit his head off a wall yeah. so much as Johnny. Mm. And I've been. Very, I think I've been pretty fucking. Close. I think you've been close to overtraining. I had, I had a time where I had to. I passed out on a sofa while watching. Uh, so I got in from the gym, lay down, and just fell asleep and woke up several hours later feeling terrible and shakes and shivers. But I still don't think I was overtrained. <laughs> so just because Honestly, you did like a hard set of curls doesn't mean yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Propanefitness.com forward slash or just propanefitness.com MRV. There's an article on it by the guy who, who coined, coined the concept. Yeah. Oh wow, Mike Isretel. That is big dick. Mm. Um, so in terms of diet, for maybe the last eighteen months, I ate I, because I was training more. It allowed me to eat more. Whether you believe in G-Flux theory or not, I'm not really too sure, but I was eating more, I was training more. Like, it doesn't take a genius to work out what's going to happen. Mm. Like, um, the kind of physique as well that I consider to be aesthetically pleasing has changed an awful lot from, like, the tiny waist, massive shoulders, underdeveloped, like, lower back, zero glutes kind of fitness model thing to now, for me, a functional physique is Just much more thick now, are you? Thuck as fuck. Oh, yeah. Like thick in the midsection. You know, look at someone like as a as a good example. If you don't follow CrossFit, uh, Google or Instagram Noah Olson, uh, O H L S E N Noah Olson, um, or <coughs> Brent Fikowski for someone who's like big and tall and lean. He's like six four, walks around at seven percent body fat and eats six thousand, yeah, yeah, six thousand to seven thousand calories a day, six hundred grams of carbs. That's, that's what peeled out of his mind. This is something I'd like to ask you related to this. Has CrossFit changed what you find attractive in a woman? Absolutely, mm. yeah. So, um, again, because I have no idea when this one's going to get published, I don't know <laughs> if this is in the future or in the past. At some point, I will do a podcast with Sonny Webster. From today, it will be one week's time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you when it's the, recorded you make the fourth wall thing so much worse than it needs I to be know. so it's seven days from now but that might be 14 days in the past or the future for you depending on the posting schedule yeah. so um, and me and Sonny have this discussion an awful lot one of the things that we're going to bring up on that is going to be that there is a for both men and women there are massive advantages and disadvantages of finding other people that do CrossFit and strength sports attractive one of the ones for men, is that you are essentially forced to have sex from a deficit. Reason being that if you are doing a girl from behind who is particularly well-developed in the gluteal area, that essentially your hips are pushed further away from the point of entry, which is sex from a deficit. And I really don't care how big your piece I'm is. I'm trying to so figure like, out that sex start, from a deficit. Standing on it, standing on doing a deadlift, standing on a plate. Oh, okay. Right so, so like reduced range of motion or increased range? Reduced. Well, you've got In, reduced. Incre- increased range of, range of motion theoretically, but, <laughs> but reduced, reduced actual. So, so the, di- um, the, it's like, it's like putting a, st- it's like benching, it's like benching with plates. It benching with a, from a, so, so there's a, fi- uh, there's a fixed okay. distance internally, fixed distance, right? I, I there is a blockage with... externally preventing you 
I've taken advantage so of the so internal like you, fixed you, distance. You'd be from you're like rack pulls then, or a, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like so a board press. not from a, it's not yeah board press. So it's, board press, right, so okay, but I don't think it. that is what it is. It's from a deficit so you, in terms so you're of saying that the the, the, the glute mass and your anterior thigh mass is increasing the range of motion, increasing the total range of motion that you are required to do. Around do you know what it is? You have something tells me that when I ask Sonny Webster this question, this isn't going to occur. Trying to decide whether it's a rack pull or a deficit deadlift. But it is a deficit deadlift. A deficit deadlift would increase the range. Which is what it's doing. But the, the actual How is it decreasing the, 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 the range? Penetration range. If, if, if there's a no, barrier, so it's decreasing the penetration, but increasing the range that you like, have to perform. So it's increasing your hip hip movement. Yeah. Which is the Can range. we get back to the fact? Okay. So and here's, here's so it's twofold, okay? The first one is, I don't care how big your piece is, you cannot afford to lose an inch to two inches mm-hmm. off length. Like, no one can. doesn't matter how well yeah, long you are. I agree. What's that, like that question, the men's health one? The, an inch off your penis or an inch off your... It's gain an inch on your penis, gain six inches of height or 20 pounds of muscle, 15 pounds of muscle. 15 pounds of muscle. muscles. You, yeah, if, you were, if you were six inches tall, you'd be fucked. Yeah. Um, 15 pounds of muscles. So that's, it, that's, a, that. that's the yeah. first part, right? Mm. And then on the flip side, as a woman who's in strength sports, you know, if you're really, really pushing at it, it is inevitable that your range of motion is going to be reduced. Muscle mass is tends to be pretty contrary to range of motion. And I don't really care how strong you are, but as a woman... If your knees can no longer touch your shoulders, you've sacrificed too much. Like, yes, you're strong, but at what cost? <laughs> because both you and I have lost out from that. Mm. So yeah, the in, so in like sh- combination of the lack of range causes it yeah. worse problem. But you've got you've got from range. front from front and back, you've got reduced like penetral distance. <laughs> Doesn't matter where mm. you put them. Fine. They're well, not So the, is there an advantage to you getting pancake and splits? Absolutely, there you go. What, as a man or as a woman? As a, well, both. But for you as a man. For me as a man, not really. Because it, so, doesn't, it doesn't really matter what I do. So I found my box splits and adductor, uh, my, my abduction is... Um, is to allow you to all, scoop underneath a yeah, little bit Yeah, it's been more. very helpful. How Just about you with Ronwood, Johnny? Because you, you deadlift sumo. So mm. has, has Becca noticed a difference in the... In the I bedroom? think Ronwood, for me, brings me back to normal rather than puts me into super normal. Like, I think my flexibility is probably pretty poor in the strength world mm-hmm. better than like your average person mm-hmm. but like if you're comparing yourself to someone who's like struggling to hold themselves in position for more than 10 seconds or you know gets out of breath very quickly then <laughs> which you do currently <laughs> right now yeah I mean, you just got to take regular breaks well, like you, I mean regular breaks and regular sips of water and, you know, don't push yourself too hard <laughs> like it's it's legitimately a problem like we joke but there are people who turn up to IVF clinics and the advice is just lose some weight because mechanically you, you can't you're not achieving it yeah like they're, so they're deadlifting on two or three 20, 20 kilo <laughs> like the, the bar is actually lower than lower than like they can reach it's a seal rope rather than a deadlift oh man yeah that's heavy um, right I think we've pretty much completed it there's loads left over but that's an hour and 45 we've completed podcasting completed. we really did today it's got dark outside Final it's boss. thundering yeah, we we have to start again on a high difficulty setting now. Of course, but you get God mode and you get new outfits. And it's left, left, RB, LB, left, left, right, triangle, square, X. Menu. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
you get you, you unlock all the things and drop um, and... stuff that will be coming up bloody hell well I have no idea oh, of the production okay. schedule but I know that I'm going to get um, Alex from Cosmic Skeptic who is a really interesting bastard <coughs> um, I'm going to have Sonny Webster coming up pretty soon Sonny will be talking about doping and PD use in sports which Ooh. as a um, especially recently well, the, the Emily Abbott from mm. CrossFit and a bunch of other CrossFit athletes have been popped. Remembering that Sonny is unable to weightlift competitively for four years because of exactly the same thing. So that's going to be really interesting. Is he now doing CrossFit? No. No, right. he's just he's traveling the world just giving weightlifting seminars. Yeah. Um, he's a strong guy. Yeah, strong guy. Um, Tim Briggs is going to be on talking about eating for performance. Paul Warrior, uh, Jordan and Tim will be back doing what they do. And we have got Life fails, life acts 105 and 106 to go through. And honesty. Honesty. We've got relationships 102. We've got the single one. We've got running your own business. We have got so much stuff coming up. All that I need you to do. Strength as well, which you really want to do. All that I really need you to do, if you're still listening, after after one hour and 48 minutes, if you are still listening, a couple of things that I want you to do. First one is head to youtube.com slash modern wisdom podcast and press subscribe. The second one is to tweet at Propane Fitness saying, please do another podcast because they don't like notifications. And if you keep on doing it, it'll annoy them into coming around to my house so oh, we can get notifications. notifications. Well, so, you've turned them off, haven't you? Yeah, and so let's see. And I don't even know it's, going to it's going to annoy Joe then. But I she'll mean, pass that down to a dad's graveyard as far as I'm concerned. It's pointless. <laughs> pointless I do Twitter. <laughs> I tweet. DM them on Instagram <laughs> because that'll come through. Anyway... Thanks a lot. Johnny won't see that. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then.